0: Hey everybody, welcome to episode 354 of the podcast that goes snicked, snicked. I'm your host, Jason Venable, and it's going to be a bonus flashback episode on the origin of the Krakowan pod people. <laughs> yeah, so, um, there's a kind of Wolverine appearance. And Excalibur number 31 and that I originally was just going to tack on to an end of another flashback episode because I mean as far as like the panel and the page and the relation to Wolverine specifically really not a whole lot to talk about but just some uh serendipity uh as I happen to be reading this concurrent to my other flashback reading Um, I mean, Excalibur is one of the books I'm kind of reading along with, and special shout out now, um, to my bros at the Excalibur um, if you want to listen to in-depth coverage of the original Excalibur series, that is the best place to do it. So, so shout out there, but, um, as I've been reading the book, um, you know, I've been looking for a little Wolverine appearances here and there to make sure that I I talk about them. And um, this one kind of almost snuck by me, but um, it's not really Wolverine. Well, I mean, kind of. (laughs) It's not our Wolverine. Um, I guess if I'm covering other type clones, this kind of fits that bill, but um, it's going to be a pretty short episode. But, but I think it really ties in, especially to like um, the current hawks Pox coverage we're doing, because there's some interesting ideas laid out here, kind of just tossed into the story um, without much ado about anything, but and I'm not going to say that Hickman read this issue and it formed all his ideas. But, but it's kind of just a coincidence that, you know, Georgie, Dan, and I are currently covering Hawks, Fox, and kind of our new episodes. And then I read this flashback episode. And here's a very direct allusion to some of what's going on um, with Krakoa. So, this will probably be a fairly short episode. Um, one of the other reasons I decided to do this by itself is because due to... Just overall scheduling in general, Um, and due to the fact that I have recently been just sick as a dog, um, it's not the only episode I have to put out this week, (laughs) so um, there you go. So without further ado, Excalibur 31, guest starring the X-Men, question mark. So this is going to be written by Scott Lundell, pencils by Dave Ross, Inks by Alan Milgram, Letters by Ken Lopez, Colors by Brad Venkata, and um, it's called No Man is an Island, parentheses, but no island is a man either, so it works out, (laughs) the parenthetical title. Um, And on the cover we have Nightcrawler being wrapped up, it looks like kind of like either green tendrils of smoke or maybe seaweed. Or something. Um, The X Men logo is all weird. There's like the dash is a leaf, the question mark looks like a vine with a leaf on it, Um, the X is definitely a wood, the M is slime, the E is ice, and the N is rock. Um, So a very elemental X Men logo with the question mark, which is kind of like, okay, what's going on in this book? I kind of like the cover, but I kind of hate it. Um, It really all comes down to the portrayal of of Nightcrawler. He looks a lot like Toad on this cover. Um, Just the angle and the, I guess, way he's portraying the body movement looks like, instead of Nightcrawler kind of arching forward, it looks like he has a pop belly. And there's nothing wrong with the pop belly. I am a little bit of a belly. but, um, <laughs> you know, not what you expect to see on Nightcrawler and just in general facial features and all. And just actually, when this was recolored a little bit. It would be a great cover of The Toad. And, but as it stands, it's a so-so cover of Nightcrawler. Um, but it's interesting. So anyway, in this comic, we find Nightcrawler um, taking a vacation from Excalibur in the last issue of the series, um, there was a vampire, and Megan kind of uh, absorbed copied the vampire and Vitnightcrawler, Crawler. And Doctor Strange healed him, but he figures now is as good a time as any for a getaway. So he is flying a plane, and he's flying around, taking his vacation, and he flies into a storm, and he loses his way. And the, actually, the page of him in the storm, and the raindrops on the windshield, and and everything is really nice. And he sees a deserted island, and he's, he's running out of gas, and you know there's no no radio signal, so you know he's really worried. But he teleports down to the island, and and splashes through the mud and hits a palm tree, kind of knocks himself out. Um, it's a great page. It really is. Just visually looks really cool. The colors are really cool. It's really nice. And the panel of him kind of landing upside down at the trunk of the tree is really fantastic. Um, but he sees like a mud and or stone Nightcrawler head. And um, he's like, wow, if, if, if I died and met my maker, he looks really familiar. And we get some thunder and lightning, very, very frightening. Um, but other X-Men had pop up. And I think the shock of this and so we have a Cyclops head, a Colossus head, Nightcrawler head, Storm head, Wolverine head, and in the very back, looks like Sunfire head. Maybe, probably. But that's another great page. But he sees that, and I think the shock of seeing the X-Men heads on this island, and plus, you know, his crash landing even with his teleportation, it was pretty rough. So he kind of passes out, and he's found by a native girl. Meanwhile, back at the Excalibur Lighthouse, Megan is depressed because she keeps losing her concentration and taking on the, the forms and features of other things. Right now it's a seagull. Um, but Captain Britton comes up and tries to comfort her. So anyway, enough of that. We get back to our island, and... He hears a scream of a damsel in distress, he's like, whoa, what's going on? And um, he sees it, the island girl uh, being taken against her will by the, her fellow tribesmen. And that crawler is now in a loincloth. He comes out of a cave, so someone saved him. We assume, based on the the page before last, it was a girl, but I don't know if that's ever explicitly said in this issue, actually. But he's like, okay, wow, well... They're taking her up to that volcano. All we need now is a human sacrifice. But, of course, they are going to sacrifice the girl. And Nightcrawler, excuse me, Nightcrawler will have none of it. And he grabs the girl, and they dive into the volcano. But a rock ledge, like a floating rock ledge, moves out of the way, catches them, and takes them into the volcano. Which, you know, makes the natives plenty happy, because the sacrifice is complete. But they're down in the vo- he's down in the volcano with the girl, and he sees like these pink bubbles, and um, the girl starts. She exclaims in her native language, and then there's like this frog guy connected to the bubbles and connected to like these veins of of almost like plant veins, if you want to kind of think of it that way. It looks like a, like a crossing between mojo and like. Um, uh, what was that frog gate... Cyber, not... No, not that. Um, not the commons gate thing. Um, what was the the thing that the common gates thing really copied? It was like a video game with like a cybernetic frog. Anyway. Um, but not, it was kind of like that. It was kind of like that crossing like Mojo. Um, but he sees on the wall cave paintings of the X-Men and their trip and their adventure, if you want to call it to Krakoa Um, and turns out the frog guy is the son of Krakoa and so you know when we left Krakoa last a long long time ago when the X-Men defeated him they basically shot the mutant island into space so that reminded me of one thing Um, you know with the island kind of being out in space and even different versions or illusions we've had to Krakoa since then Knowing that Hickman's book also really has a lot to do with space. They haven't been tied together yet, but they could be. Um, Anyway, so this is the sun of Krakoa, and what happened basically is when the island was shot into space, it released some spores, and some of them came back into Earth's atmosphere, and most of them landed in the ocean, and drowned, but he did not drown. He was able to form a little baby island, and he is a son of Vega Superior. You know, not Homo Superior. He's a mutant island, a mutant plant life. So he's Vega Superior, and his plan is to take over the world. Um, so, you know, that's that. Um, but he, he, he tries to choke Nightcrawler with his, his vines, um, he espouses more, and we see these pods, and some of them start to break open, and it's very familiar looking, but it's the Men, and they are basically mutated clones of X-Men, and what we found out in this story is that during the X-Men's brief visit to my father's isle, he memorized their genetic codes. As his direct descendant, I share all of his memories. I have used that information to breed a new race of man. I call them. And so, yeah, we have the original, or not the original, but the, uh, the giant-sized X-Men team, uh, different genetic versions of them that were cloned from their genetic material from Krakoa, um, you know, including like an ice wolverine, a, a sandy stone colossus, uh, a magma cyclops um, pretty gruesome creatures here um, but I gotta say so these pink bubbles that they bust out of looks a lot like the scene in, in House of X when the X-Men bust out of the bubbles and we know now they might there might be some cloning involved so yeah Krakoa is known to copy genetic codes and grow kind of pod people and let them out. So that's interesting. Um, So anyway, uh, Lava Cyclops shoots Lava at Nightcrawler. Um, Nightcrawler decides to use his motion to his advantage. So uh, Ice Wolverine stabs Sandy Colossus in the chest. He punches Ice Wolverine. He kind of slowly takes these guys out um, and he teleports away, making the son of Krakoa mad. Um, as he gets outside, um, a wooden angel grabs him and throws him into a tree. Um, actually, I'm sorry. He tries to throw him into a tree, but Nightcrawler grabs a branch, swings out of the way, and a wooden angel flies into a tree. Here he meets some more tribesmen who are like, what's going on? And then he gets grabbed by a like swamp thing version of himself. And he wrestles with that. Oh, I did want to mention, too, um, when the Wolverine busts out of his pod, he comes out with a Shrak. Um, and so some more interesting sounds. Um, kind of alternate Wolverine sound effects. But Nightcrawler is able to take some bamboo. Kind of has an existential crisis as he beats up on himself. But Sonic Krakoa comes up through the sand. ...and is going to fight Nightcrawler... ...and Nightcrawler jumps into the ocean... ...and Seneca Croa also jumps into the ocean... ...but now he's going to drown... ...and he doesn't like that... ...and he kind of really just kind of... ...dissolves into the ocean, I guess? Um, then, sometime later Excalibur received a message... ...and then come and find Nightcrawler... ...on Wagner's Isle... ...he's being served by the natives... Except for the one native girl who's in the cage because she was trying to help Son of Krokroa, turns out. Anyway, they have a feast with Excalibur on the island and, you know, on to the next time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the art on that was fine. Some of it was actually really good, and then some of it was not as good. Um, maybe a little messy at times, but. Overall, pretty good art. And the story was fun. Lemdell introduced some nice humor. It's definitely kind of a throwaway story, which is funny that it's portentous for so much. It's so important right now. But originally, kind of a throwaway story of Nightcrawler, you know, crash landing on a mutant island of Krakoa and, you know, having some misadventures. He fights some, the, Vega men, or the Veggie Men, who were, you know, vegetables with X-Men DNA spliced in. Um, it was funny because they weren't really vegetables. They were all elements for sure, you know, lava, wood, stone, parts of an island. But other than the Nightcrawler one, and I guess, uh, I guess wood is a plant. So that, that kind of counts, but not nothing like directly vegetative, at least not across the board, but definitely all parts of the island. So all Krakoa related. Um, but it's a fun story. I mean, I think overall, I would probably give it... Just because I like seeing swashbuckling Nightcrawler as well. Probably give it four out of six claws, I think. Maybe a, maybe a high a high three, low four. Um, I'll go low four for now. But, but, yeah, I can kind of go either way. But, I mean, it was definitely fun. Definitely, like, adventurous. I, it sounds really interesting because it is kind of just a, you know... Libdell guest writing an issue, or he guest wrote a couple issues but um, here in Excalibur, but, you know, kind of, here's you know, just a fun little adventure. It doesn't really mean much of anything. Uh, there's no direct consequences into the Excalibur series of this story at all. But then, you know, looking ahead, and we see, like, House of X and Powers of Ten, um, Using Krakoa cloning technology... it's just kind of fun that this is, you know, as far as we know, the first reference to that, and it's really interesting. So, you know, a story that that didn't have quote-unquote much importance at the time, but establishes an idea that is going to be vitally important, you know, to the Hickman era of the X-Men, which is, you know, where we are now, and and pretty important. So it's kind of an interesting, different flashback episode, and then really kind of picked out Parts of this that relate to current day versus where it stands in the old continuity. Um, because as far as old, you know, Wolverine flashback continuity, really nothing to speak of here. Um, as far as I know, Wolverine never even hears of this adventure. Maybe him and Nightcrawler talked about it over a beer sometime, you know, later after they were back on the same team and stuff. But, you know, as far as we know, like, no, no real, um, inroad into Wolverine continuity, but definitely affects you know some X Men ideas. So I just found it really interesting. And really interesting that I happen to kind of come across it in my reading now. Um you know just I don't know. So anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, you know, how this relates to House of X. And I mean one of the things that Dan and Georgie and I have talked about is that, you know, maybe some of the X Men we're seeing in Uh, Hawks and Pox are clones from Krakoa, and so, I mean, if so, definitely ties back to this idea that Krakoa was able to, I don't know if he absorbed genetic material, like, from them, he definitely could have while they were hooked up, right, to his, um, oh, I forget in giant size how it played out, but, um, he was, like, hooked up to his, not his plant nervous system, but something kind of like that, right? And so, um, well actually, now that I think about it, this <laughs> giant size may have talked about him kind of absorbing their life force a little bit. so I guess you can say that it's implied or inferred that genetic code went with that as well so so very easily Hickman's ideas could all come just from the actual first appearance of Co and have nothing to do with this but. I still found it interesting, especially the imagery of the pods, because in House of X, right? Or in the Powers of X? The first one. Um, <laughs> the, the first issue of Hickman's era, we have that scene of Xavier and his little helmet, or a little big helmet, and is that to me, my X-Men are then crawling out of these pods, and what we will later find out is for Coa. I think there was some Question mark originally whether that you know based on the uh, reading material whether that was Mars or not but um design visual element wise very similar to what we see in this issue of Excalibur so that part definitely was not in giant size and is definitely being uh, homage borrowed used whatever you want to say in in Hickman's X Men so I just found that all very interesting. Like I said, a little fortuitous that I happen to kind of come across this issue now. Um, the timing is... You know, I, that happens a lot, though, with my flashback reading. I'll be reading a current story, and then I'll go back and read, like, something that happened, you know, that was kind of keen to it. Or, you know, I talked about even between my different reading projects, like when uh, Mr. John Wilson was kind enough to talk about that story... Uh, for Marvel Superheroes, which kinda of was the return of the Sentinels from the Sun. And I wasn't able to read that because thank you. Hashtag thanks Squirrel Girl. But um <laughs> you know, but had I read that, I would have read that literally like the week after I read that story in my sixties Marvel read through. You know, the original story of the Sentinels actually flying into the Sun. And so I oh, know, it's just kind of interesting how sometimes my different reading projects you know, not always and hardly ever intentional, but sometimes they just line up really well with different stories. And this is one example of that. This just lined up really well as we're kind of getting into the the latter part of House of X and Powers of X. And here's some insight into Kokoa and how he clones things and how he grows them in this pod and Stuff like that is really... And how we can change them, too. So, remember that as we talk about, you know... Doug building, like, this Krakoan ecosystem. And we know that Sinister is doing some stuff. What changes? Besides, like, Sinister's future cloning stuff on Mars... Now, what changes might be being, might be being introduced to our X-Men as they're being cloned from Krakoa... Um, I don't know, there's still a lot to find out with the current issues, but some hints and clues sprinkled in an odd, random, 90s issue of Excalibur. I guess, you know, we will see. But yeah, this is a, uh, a very, very short until our next Hawksbox issue with Dan and Georgie, which should come out, um... Oh, no, probably about a week from when this drops, if all goes according to plan. So hopefully that will. But, um, very good. Okay, guys, well, that's going to do it. So, as always, you can like the Facebook page. Twitter is at SnitCast. Facebook shares and Twitter retweets are always appreciated. Thank you very much. It really helps the show. I've really been seeing a nice uptick in listens. And so very much appreciate all you guys being involved and, you know, whether you're you're coming on the show or listening to the show or interacting with the show or or just listening to it while you work out, you know, whatever you're doing, um, or just in the car to kill time on the commute. However, whatever your level of interest or involvement in the show is, I appreciate the responses and the shares and the retweets and all that. It really helps out. So, um, yeah, so I guess until next time, hugs and snicks, everybody. Bye-bye, and snack.